This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks, welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. Is it working, Christian? Yeah, it's perfect. Our, uh... Our gal Friday, Lindsay, has stepped out for a second, so I didn't know if we'd be able to do this without her, but you're looking at all the gizmos I'm and looking it's all at working? It. It's working. I had to push one button, the record button, and uh, I pushed it successfully and uh, without pushing the stop button after. So I think uh, we are rolling, <laughs> well, as they say. You. Yeah. Good for you. Hey, <laughs> come on. I grew well, up so in the VCR age. I should know how to do this. Uh, we make... Uh, we, we, we make Luddites look like Tim Cook. So, um, Where am I at here? I'm going to uh, August 30th. I'll be performing with David Spade and Norm MacDonald at the Windstar World Casino and Resort in Thackerville, Oklahoma. That's around an hour north of uh, the Big D. And uh, I'd like to get this tour off the road. Although yeah. I think Spade's about to go deep inside. He's got his own talk He's show. He's got right? a show for Comedy Central. right? He'll yeah. kill that. Yeah. Uh, but just to be out with Norm will be a thrill for me because I think Norm's a flat-out genius. I do, too. I might fly out for that show if Norm brings the puppets. If he's uh, still got the puppet act, if you remember him well, telling us. I might fly out. And if you want to come with me, oh, okay. uh, I'll keep you posted. What's that yeah. red headline on Drudge? You're scaring me. Something it's that actually, the fan it, again? It, no, it's just uh, that the FBI has 640 million photos for uh, facial recognitions. Uh, you know, so I guess oh. when you run it through a system, there's that many. But uh, I w- I, that doesn't that sounds light to me. And like, yeah. if you're going to do facial recognition. I don't know. I am mean, I am I like goofy that that shit doesn't worry me because I've always assumed they knew everything about everybody. I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I shouldn't say it doesn't worry me. I, it, I've always it's not assumed news, that, yeah. man. I thought they knew my shit when uh, J. Edgar Hoover was still wearing Mary Quant. So, man, that's been a long time now. But to think that they, I assume everybody knows everything about everybody right now. There you go, and. Uh, so uh, the, a lot of things weird me. And, you know, when I tell people I'm, I, I actually am scared of a, uh asteroid hitting the Earth, you ever tell anybody that? They go, well, you, what's with your spider? You know, what's people are afraid of spiders. What are you afraid? I always say, I don't know. If, if, if a meteorite hit the Earth, that weirds me because it doesn't have to be that big. Yeah. And it seems to kill dinosaurs. It's like, yeah. well, a thing the size of a Super Bowl got through and destroyed all the dinosaurs. I'm thinking, Christ, you mean in the shitstorm we call the universe that something's not going to whack us eventually? That's the only way I talk myself off the ledge is I think we think of our 85 years as some sort of appreciable measure of time. And it's, you know, it, it is that uh, one millisecond or well that was always cool at the end of the original uh, men in black when didn't the planet spin down a hole or something you oh know? yeah yeah you can't even think you know you can talk yourself off the ledge by saying well this might be one one billionth of one second in the overview that we're here for our 85 years so the chances yeah could it hit but uh, that's the only way I talk myself down. All right. What are we doing today, Christian? We got guests? We don't have a guest, but uh, Lindsay says that- uh, the MacGyver ass. She has figured she, out a what way. What is all this shit? Yeah. We've got some little- We've got something the size of an old cell phone here in the middle. We're all talking on it. 
And uh, yeah, it's called a Zoom, right? Yeah, this is my Zoom H6. It's very handy. What right. piece? What, what would this piece cost? I think I paid $400 Whoa. for this. $400? I thought it would be like $10,000 or well, something. No, it I wasn't bad. I thought the company bad. bought it. It's beautiful. No, I bought this one. The company has a version that's cheaper than this one, but I love this one. I can plug in my four microphones. I have a, my cell phone plugged into it because we're going to play back some phone calls. I'm convinced that if this existed in the uh, late 70s, early 80s that uh, Bob Crane would still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I, I think <laughs> you know, him and Defoe hoisting all the equipment through their through the airport is what eventually did Bob Crane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if he could have just had a home production uh, site, I think everything would have some been say, Some say it was the bullet that pierced his skull, but I always thought it was sciatica from <laughs> having to fucking haul a beta system through well, Sky Harbor. Now that we've talked it up, why don't we test out a voicemail? Let's and try I think it. there's no better place to start, Lindsay, than voicemail number one. <laughs> David from North Carolina. Now, for Dennis's sake, there's actually a photo that accompanies this voicemail. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is the uh, picture that Dennis will see. And uh, let's see if we can hear this, Lindsay. I'm finding myself driving down I-85 towards Spartanburg. And if you look on YouTube and, and look up Dan Fogelberg's Hard Hotels, I swear that the image on the album cover looks exactly like you. So I started thinking, did Dennis Miller do sports modeling after SNL? <laughs> Love your show. That doesn't look... I think the Am hair, the hair looks like you in the like? 80s. The face doesn't at all, but I think that... Uh, I, I think the first picture, yeah, the hair looks very similar. What have they done to my face to make it look like... Well, that's not my face. No, that's the album that's, cover. That's, so that one on the left is Dan Fogelberg. Oh. So the hair is what makes him look like you. I don't. The second one, I think, uh, less so. Oh, I thought yeah, the one on exactly. the left was, was me. Was you. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that's not my face, though. <laughs> yeah. No. I thought they had done some Photoshop, Photoshop or something. No, no, no. That's right, actually. Well, I got to say something about the silhouette of the head yeah. on the first album cover does look like me. But uh, the second one I'm looking at thinking, this guy's hallucinating. That's like Brian Regan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, photos and uh, albums, you know, you and I once had a conversation. I shouldn't be pissy about the guy. Thank you, brother. I do look at the first yeah. one you're talking about, and I see some some vague similarity there. He called you a sports model. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, live obviously. for shit like that. I live for stuff like that. Did you see me in in Milan at the Lululemon Fall Couture show? You know, I did. I did. And uh, all I, about the calves. <laughs> all about the sassy calves. You didn't, I loved your leggings. You, What's the uh, Lululemon guy worth? Oh, I, it's got to be a billion dollars, uh, right? Easy, right? Isn't that Kate Spade or, or no? Oh, not Kate no, Spade. No, no, Kate, no, no. Um, it's an it's an actress who owns that. I who thought. owns Lululemon? No, I, I thought, thought it was so. a guy who lived up in Vancouver or something. Maybe. I, I, he had some house on a wharf. I saw an interview with him. He looked like the most unlikely guy to figure out an ideal stretch silhouette for. And, and by the way, um, <laughs> I, I I think all this athletic gear. Uh, is a great idea, but I, I am I a pig that I still like shapely-looking women in it more than obese women? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I think obese that... Obese uh, exists still, doesn't it? It still exists. It's a medical term, right? But I don't know if we're allowed to acknowledge it, you know? I mean, well, I don't because understand. We've talked about that any, on the show before. Anytime anything exists, I've seen some women in airports lately where you just think... It's the same shame that you used to accrue to women who were too thin on magazine covers where they'd say we should not be showing people these silhouettes for young girls. This is very unhealthy for them. Now we seem to have lapped over into a thing where it's okay to be completely overweight on magazine covers. And I, I'm just saying why, why we're 
stick pin models scorn so much and thought to be um, have anorexia, and now you see certain people, you know it's not healthy. Some of these people are not healthy. And I don't know that that's something to aspire to for a young woman out there. But like I said, I, I never feel more like a dinosaur than when I talk about the fact that, uh, you know, um, there are no uh, norms anymore, like sweet spots in the middle where most people are. And if you notice anything else, you're the worst human on the face of the earth. So what do I know? I'm, I'm the fuck up here. So this guy's name was uh, Chip Wilson. He is indeed from Vancouver. He founded it in 1998. And when they launched their IPO, that's 2007, so a while ago, uh, he raised $327 million. But uh, his the current operating income, from this is from two years ago, it says $456 million, And the revenue is two and a half billion so uh, he's making some coin good wow. for you brother yeah. and uh, it's funny when, are, when is the gal gonna step forward and figure the stuff out how have they given this one up to a guy named Chip well you would <laughs> think comfortable pants would be you know something yeah, yeah. form flattering pants how did a guy named Chip in Vancouver <laughs> get that together where's the, where's the gals I, out there I, I thought that the chips were all gone like I didn't think we had any no, more chips too. I thought they died with my three sons too but I guess they uh <laughs> They didn't. Um, what uh, what else is up in the world? This is like a like a personal request. I'm just sliding this up mm -hmm. in the karaoke table. I have to hear. Did you go to Roscoe's last night? Yeah. Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Please, folks. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a two block area in Pasadena that has the Hat, which I went to last week. Once again, I'm on a quasi regular schedule down here because uh, Larry's healing up. The great Larry King. He'll be back soon on his show, but he. Ask if I'd sit in, and I was more than flattered to. I've been having fun with it. So I'm near Pasadena to begin with out here, because Larry Tape's near there. I go to the hat last week, and unbelievable, uh, you know, a pastrami sandwich, and the craziest chili fries you've ever seen. It looks like... Uh, yeah, you know, it's like Gallagher's hat comes to your table. It's got <laughs> sauce on it. And uh, last night we went two blocks up the road out by the hat, and we went to the stunning Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Good people. The food is unbelievable. I noticed it's right next to the Kentucky Fried Chicken, oh. yeah. which kind of pissed me off because I was thinking, can't, can't the, uh, the uh, Roscoe's people have their moment? That the colonel, no, the colonel needs to get in there. Yeah, has to be sitting there. That big honking, floating head of his, hovering right over. You know, it's a black-run business. What Roscoe's, and uh, you know, you you look at it thinking, fucking colonel, you couldn't find another corner. <laughs> Hey, they didn't land on 11 herbs and spices. 11 <laughs> herbs and spices landed on that. Oh, that is sweet. That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite quote, man. If jokes can be made about fast food, I'm your guy. I remember. I can't believe I did, this is the times of change where I actually did a joke on a special where I said, you know, I don't feel like I'm in touch enough with the black community. So I thought, I've got to remedy that. I've got to figure out what's happening over there. We've all... You know, should uh, take a moment and see what matters to uh, people. And so I've been reading the autobiography of Malcolm the Tenth. And uh, <laughs> I believe if I did that joke today, I'd be run out of town on a rail. But uh, even then, it got a little bit of a moan. They, but, they, uh, they would give you the choice. Well, either apologize to Al Sharpton or you're out of show business. <laughs> this would be the only solution there. I know. Can you imagine that when you used to see people sidle up to Sharpton? Yeah. And they still do that shit. They're all out there kissing the ring. Unbelievable. Reverend not. 
Um, <laughs> is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. BetterHelp, one word, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, self-esteem, many, many more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it's so convenient. You can now get help at your own time and your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time, and there's no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And for Dennis Miller viewers, you get 10% off your first month with discount code MILLER. So why not get started today? Get on with this. Heal thyself. Go to betterhelp.com slash Miller. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. Once again, betterhelp.com slash Miller. And I thank you. What uh, oh, what else is yeah, happening so, in the world? Just feed me. Yeah, is what well, I'm I was uh, just reading this on the Drudge Report that uh, CNN. Oh, oh, wait, I didn't even finish. You asked me about Ross. Oh, Gus. I did. Yeah, yeah. So I went and I had two. Uh, it's called uh, the SCOs number. Oh, yeah. SCOs one mm-hmm. or SCOs two. SCOs one is two pieces of fried chicken. SCOs two is a quarter or two pieces with gravy on the side. And then I got some collard greens, some candied yams, two waffles. And my son's got rose, uh, scos three and four, which is uh, a half a chicken. I couldn't believe they doused That's it. That's a lot of chicken. And uh, we had the big Louisiana hot sauce on the table, which we were just throwing on stuff <laughs> like, you know, we're trying to put a fire out with it. <laughs> Putting out fires with Roscoe's hot sauce. <laughs> and um, a huge honking Jeroboam Arnold Palmer uh, and their lemonade is really good. And then my son ordered a uh, sweet potato pie with a uh, Cool Whip on top afterwards. Oh, of and we took a lot out. I don't want to listen. I don't want to sound like we're complete uh, Donner Party pigs over here. We took some home. But. Uh, it was so spectacularly good. And so I'm, I, I go, I wonder how many Roscoe's there are. And I look up, I think there's seven or eight. Yeah. I've been to about four or five of them. Yeah. They still talk, believe me. Yeah. They, they had a sampler crochet. Well, they won't let me back to yeah. any of them. I have to move on to the next one. They call you list. Mr. Creosote yeah, in Roscoe's. <laughs> one last tiny whiff of thin mint. Um, it's off. I'm full. <laughs> But uh, the uh, they just got out of receivership. No, I don't. I, I you know what? <sighs> Honest to God, I, I, I'm one of the things I'm most proud of in my life is that I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart money wise. Because I remember years ago going into a Restoration Hardware when it first opened, one of the first ones, and thinking this place is spectacular. And they went public, and I bought some, uh, and it never really. I don't know where it's at now. I bailed out after a while. It was just like dead money. It, it actually lost some money. And I thought, I don't understand business. Because when I'd go into the business itself, I'd walk around and think, look at the cool stuff they have here. This is a great way to outfit a house and not have to break the bank. It was expensive. It wasn't like you had to hire uh, Mr. Dean from the Beverly Hills Triangle to come in and charge you an arm and a leg. 
And it's the same thing with Roscoe's. How could they have gone $27 million into bankruptcy? My first guess is that they opened too many of those branches, right. you know, because the I think the original ones on Gower, right by where CBS used to be, I think that's right in the heart of Hollywood. Uh, but uh, spectacular, they, you could never get in. Yeah, do they were they more than doubled the size uh, within the last ten mm, years? So. so I guess it's about slow growth. because yeah. I mean the product is uh, to die yeah. for, and I think they're out of receivership now. Well, so after after you and the boys went last night, you yeah. were able to... <laughs> oh, we skipped on the... I didn't say that! <laughs> no, we had a, a great time. And the Colonel, find your own corner. Yeah, Jeez, exactly. You have to be looming <laughs> over everything that the black man does. Uh, I was uh, just reading this on the uh, Drudge Report that uh, CNN has suffered a 16% primetime ratings collapse in the last month, and uh, they're down 9% overall from the same month last year. Uh, and also, separate from CNN, uh, Rachel Maddow's viewers are, viewership is down. So I'm posing the question, are people, even if they don't like Trump, do you think they're they're just tired of hearing yeah, about that all the time? adjustment, yeah. I think. You, you can't harangue every night. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I when I watch CNN, it's a weird thing that happens periodically. Much of business is complete ruthlessness. Complete show, show business is fun. And unbelievably ruthless. And then periodically you see somebody who has stumbled through the wormhole and for some reason seems absolutely bulletproof. And you think to yourself, well, I can only assume it must be a, uh, a good guy. And for some reason, they're never going to budge him. I don't think CNN has the right guy at the helm in the form of the hapless U-boat commander Wolf Blitzer. I just think that it's it's not exciting enough. Uh, he he doesn't look on top of it enough. He it, it seems predictable to me. Uh, but they continue to ride him, and it looks like they'll ride him all the way down. It reminds me of years ago the Pittsburgh Steelers had given Cordell Stewart the starting quarterback role, and it was trouble. He had one year that was freakishly good. I think he was probably in the running for the MVP, but for the most part, it just didn't work. And the Steelers seem every year as a Steeler fan, you'd think, oh, my God, again, we're going to try this again. We're going to try this. And they wrote it down. It seems to me like CNN has decided to make him their tent post, uh, even more than Anderson, I think, or certainly, uh, you know, at least uh, parallel tracks. And it, it's, it doesn't work. They're not exciting enough. It seems to be too big a brand to have somebody uh, helming it who doesn't really jump out at you. And Wolf Blitzer, as I've said before, he uh, he does not jump out at me. Rachel Maddow, I, I think that's just a market adjustment. I think they'll make great money off her, Phil Griffin and those cats over there. But as the hatred ramps down, and like you said, it's a, it's a two-track uh, study, you can't be that hate-laden every day. You, you can't, you know, she's going to still say Trump's Russian and, you know, Russian operative and all that. And, but... She has not delivered on enough of these we've got scoops, you know? You can yeah. only brandish that paper in your hand a few times, and then one of the times it better be something, whoa. Um, I, I think right now that uh, she's brandished that paper too often, and in an odd way, the man that she despises the most, it would seem to me, is Trump. Trump should use his head. He he risks this too to some degree. Um, somehow... To me, the border for Trump to now have worse numbers at the border as far as incoming illegal aliens than Obama did, 
uh, he, he should zip it. I, I think he can survive zipping it, but he can't act like he's the guy down on the border anymore. He isn't. He hasn't done it. The wall, it hasn't been enough. He hasn't shut down the government to get the money. All these things that I think, and probably Stephen Miller, I think, is running that ship in there to the, no, not running the ship. Trump runs the ship. But I think the guy who has his ear is uh, Stephen Miller is probably telling him to shade, fudge, you know, do a little uh, messe shot here and we can still win this thing in 2020. I happen to think he should have pushed all the chips in and just said, no, no, I promised the American people I would build this wall and I am declaring a national emergency and I'm sending down whoever the CBs are today, our builders or, and the National Guard, and I'm shutting down the border. I, they don't think that's a better play. They think that would have ended it. I happen to think that uh, there's a part of America looking for that. The worst case scenario is Trump continuing to triumph uh, himself down at the border when it's not really working. So he should use his head uh, as uh, Rachel would brandish those sheets and then not deliver. Trump better quit bracing people and not delivering because that's the, the worst thing for him would be to look like he was a straw man. And uh, I'm not saying he is. I, I admire that he fights the good fight. I forget that he must get tired, too. You know, they always say he never tires. People tire. He's probably beat up, man. You know, everywhere you go, they call you a, 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 an idiot, an asshole. That's something he has going for him. They've so over assholed him that he can be an asshole now. And he's not as much of an asshole as they imagine him to be. So they've kind of uh, inoculated him against charges of assholeism. But he should not be a, uh, you know, a, a guy who threatens and never delivers on a threat. You're better off not threatening. A uh, voicemail that we've uh, wanted to play for a while is uh, voicemail number 10. It is uh, from Chuck Schumer's mom. Yeah, this is Chuck Schumer's mother. Chuck has been an obnoxious little drama queen since he was five years old. I said, Chucky, you're such a poop. You should be a politician. And now if I could only take those words back, because he's now a big little drama queen. And speaking of poop, Chucky, your friend Nancy Pelosi, she resembles the stuff laying in the streets all over San Francisco. If there should be any kind of cover-up, I suggest you cover up all the poop laying in such a beautiful city. Okay, that's it for today. I thought that was going to be a fake Chuck Schumer's mother, but it, it actually was the actual was. Yeah, that's why we, we needed to play it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, uh, nothing wrong with a little shit on the streets. Yeah. Hey, uh, Christian, you were uh, didn't you have a second cousin or something that got a job driving a fecal zamboni up on Market Street and cleaning up the ice in between periods? Yeah, but uh, much like Chernobyl, they did have to uh, encase it in concrete. So uh, in a hundred years, you might be able to see that Zamboni again. You know, Schumer has a, a 1600 on his boards when there was only two prongs to the board test. I think the test now is three and 24 is the top score. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. Is it more important to get 1600 on your boards or to let people know you did. Because for me to know his board score tells me a lot more than him getting 1,600. Can I say I hate drips who know their IQ, Biden. You know, he's another guy who'll tell you his IQ. Are you sh Have you ever been within a million miles of wanting to know what your IQ is? No. To me, it's like those apps where you plug information in. It'll tell you within five years when you're going to croak. Yeah. Or you play a Ouija board and all of a sudden, you know, you're fucking around at a party and it spells death. You know, and you think, <laughs> Christ, did I need to do this? Who the fuck needs to know their board scores or their SAT scores except 
an insanely insecure man. I mean, and so when I heard Schumer once say I got a perfect board score, that <laughs> absolute drip. Um, and Pelosi, what do I make of her? You know, some people lately have been doing this. Uh, um, they're they're sort of. Uh, rebuilding the narrative that Pelosi's super smart. I don't I don't get that. I I think there's some hitch in her giddy up. I don't quite I, I think she might be one of the stupidest humans I've ever seen, except in the very tight brackets of politics, where maybe she is a political genius in a hack game. And I don't know what that says about you. Would you rather be stupid about hackery or would you rather be one of the leading practitioners of hackery? Because to me she looks like she has sharp elbows. She looks like everybody in her caucus knows that if they take one step off the reservation, she'll flatten them. She has no quite idea how to deal with AOC yet, although they seem to have gotten her head right a little somewhere along the way. She can't really go after the other two. She'll get hit with the Islamophobic card. But for the most part, I think if she is as bright as they tell me, and I don't believe that in general, but if she is bright, she's bright on a very shallow game board called American politics. And maybe in there she knows how to run the shop. But to me, if I had to pick between those two who I dislike more, it would be Pelosi by a million years. Because I think she got hers. I think she's in a gated community. I think she hasn't flown. I'd love to see the last time she, she the last time she flew commercially or with somebody else was at Thrill Kill Hills with the Wright brothers way back when. And she's been on the public's dime since. So I think she's a worse human. But also, I must come in with the caveat and say, I don't think she's as smart as they would have you believe. But that being said, in the tiny confines of politics, maybe she has some moves. Uh, we have some praise for you. Voicemail number 13, Chad from Canyon Lake. Just listening to the latest podcast, and realizing how important your voice is. There is a struggle going on in our society and on all different levels from yourself to Maha Rushi to Levin to everybody um, to Richard Lowry. It's all important right now that we stand up and uh, speak out, push back. And just like, uh, like you said, Donald isn't the best going right now, but he is the best going right now. And he's incredibly fearless. He gets better every day, it seems, at the job. And uh, we finally had somebody that gives the metaphorical middle finger or brass knuckles back. So keep up the great work, and we really appreciate that voice and hope you feel empowered in, in that because you, you really have a ride. You know what you're talking about. Well, I appreciate it, but I don't feel empowered because part of me thinks that it's lost. I think Trump is a stopgap measure. I don't think it's coming back around again unless... Yeah, I think he has a good chance to win that next election after that will be a big thing uh, to see if my pessimism is just me being precious in my own way that uh, I have. Sometimes I think I use my bleak outlook as faux wisdom or something, but I don't see the colleges coming back. Does anybody I, I, they'd have to start shutting down? Uh, I, you know, and then then you're getting into weird Ray Bradbury stuff and that, you know, science fiction. But. They're not going to change. They've got tenure. They preach this shit. The kids believe it. We've got a generation now of kids who I think to a large degree probably favor more of a socialist system. We've got an underlay of 
college debt that many of them will never pay off, and they have to look for a system that will allow them to walk away from it as opposed to walking away from it under their own volition, which haunts you a little. Because I think a lot of people were raised to think I should take care of my bills. I think the professors get in their head, teach them that's not the way, that the collective will take care of them, but I think some of them are a little nagged by it. But I, I think that uh, they're going to have to favor a system that takes that hundred off their nose at the beginning of their 20s, and they're never going to get out there and lead the life they imagine. And uh, so I think the game is flipped in a way. And uh, I, I think Trump, I think Trump at this point, I'd have to assume is going to get a second four years. I think he'll continue to fight. And then that next election is key. At that point, if somebody else came in like Trump, I don't even know if it's Pence. I know Pence is in the VP slot, but I don't know that the country's getting any more religious. Indeed, it appears to be getting less religious, and they're going to saddle him with that. And I don't know that his base is big enough in the Christian community. It'll be uniform, but I don't know that it's big enough to carry a national election anymore. But somebody like Trump comes in and continues to call bullshit and gets his eight years, then maybe we can stop about something turning. But as you look at this, uh, I don't want to sound like Howard Beale, you look at the demented goat fuck out in front of you right now, you look at the crazy shit where people say, hey, maybe you shouldn't tug a baby out after nine months, put it on a table and talk about offing it or not, as opposed to even funding it. You know, when you look at how absolutely crazy the American scene has gotten right now, I think that Trump is one last, uh, what do they call it in the NFL, a Hail Mary pass to hold it off. And he's doing a very effective job, and he takes no shit. Where are you going to find another guy like Trump? Can you think of one other guy in this country or on this planet that could take the day-to-day assailing that Donald Trump makes, still get some shit done, and still has even to have a sense of humor about it to some degree? And I know he has his thin skin side, too. But I'm talking about, I can't think of anybody else who would stand up to that. So I, I hope he gets it around to a point where you can imagine another eight years. But we're going to need something like that. We're going to need some of these kids who have gotten out of school to go through 16 years of uh, seeing what a good economy is like. A roarer to get the, the bullshit inlay that uh, college professors who uh, have put in their head. College professors, for Christ's sake, are one of the main reasons that college is now, well, let's talk about a base point of $50,000 a year, right? I mean, that's base. And uh, they're teaching two classes. They got three months off. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that go, go into college costing so much. But I do know this. If I was a kid right now, I couldn't do it at the end of the day, but I'd have to listen to somebody who say, I know you're a hundred in a hole. We'll take that away from you. I'd give them a listen. At the end of the day, it would be the same reason I couldn't have went to McGill or jumped across the border when we were in Nam. If, it, you know, I would have haunted me for the rest of my life. Uh, if I had gotten drafted and sent, I would have went. And uh, I would have been scared shitless. I would have been the worst soldier who ever lived. But if I was a uh, hundred in the hole now and I was 20 years old, I'd listen to the other guy and I'd think, well, it's your hundred, brother. You didn't have to go. Drop out of school or pay the man and his money back. But I don't know that that's the way the world's working. So I would say the biggest thing that's changed over the last 50 years is all those, think of all those benign teachers who you had to say were nice because they're teachers and many of them are doing God's work. But you think about the grade school, high school and college system that has got kids to the point now where they don't even dig the country they live in, which is the best country in the history of the planet Earth. And they're ashamed of it. That's deeply in there. Even Trump's not going to get it out. They're going to think him a buffoon, a fool, 
and, uh, you know, an ugly American. That's how deep it's in there that these kids live in a country where they're able to say this is the worst country ever lived and still get free shit. And the price, no retribution. And they don't even sense the irony of that. That's how invasive this uh, it, it, it's almost like brainwashing. They don't even realize the irony that they live in the best place. Uh, we were talking about uh, San Francisco before, and a uh, headline that jumped out at me is uh, that the uh, homeless people in the Bay Area, uh, something that you were talking extensively about with Corolla uh, on our previous show, they uh, are now um, moving and building tree houses uh, in an industrial park. There's like a cluster of like mm. six tree houses. I think Daryl Hannah has some seed money in on that, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. She was the first in on the tree house. Uh, well, what, Do you want to hear a bad joke in response to that? Of course I do. Sounds like a fishy investment. Because she was in Splash. Oh, yeah. That's how bad it was. Christ, I am such a jam band freak that when I hear fish <laughs> oh, now, it's pH. always with a pH. Yeah, no, I forgot how cool you were. You yeah. were talking about I the fish that has to exist in a proper pH factor. <laughs> I was talking about the one. What the say fish in the first song was a fucking encore. Sorry. <laughs> um, listen, I don't know what to... I have complete compassion for anybody who's mentally ill on the streets. Anybody who is is out there too high, I have sympathy for that. But they got to throw they got to throw their hand up like they're signaling a fair catch. Yeah. Anybody who's out there selling drugs or just a bit of a, a fuck up, uh, who's uh, decided to live outside the system and I don't trust the. It matters. And listen, I want to help the helpless. I, I could give a shit about the clueless. And all I know is this. They're doing nobody any good letting them form these tent cities where diseases spread. Most people often look at people who are on the have gotten uh, not gotten the breaks or something. And the, I would say the basic human instinct is to have compassion want to help or at least want to contribute some taxes that help they've let it get to a point now where they're they're burning they're cauterizing that urge to feel compassion uh, people don't want to hear about typhus they want to hear about somebody cleaning up the camp um, might I venture this without putting too much expectation on people in the homeless community in these tent cities if you want to make an impact if you really want to help out and if you really want to get the compassion thing going again, how's about somebody out there saying we're going to be the well-kept-up homeless tent city? Do you imagine if you were watching a story on the nightly news where there were a bunch of people who were having a tough time of it and still had pride in where they were living, even though it was the lowest rung on the sociological ladder? Do you know how it would break your heart, sympathetic-wise, to see them still fighting for that? But when they show those things, people can't even get beyond just the K. What, what do you mean you're shitting on the street? You can't do that. You can't let your—I can't stop you from that. You've got to find out a way that you don't shit on the street. You've got to find out a way that you just don't throw things out the front tent and nobody takes care of it. Um, how's about somebody pulling it together and making a good effort— at at least trying to maintain some level of human dignity out there. And people are going to say, well, that's pretty harsh judgment. You don't know. No, I don't know. But I do know this. I would rail my entire adult life against ending up dropping trow and shitting on a fucking piece of cement in front of other humans. So there. 
That's, uh, that's how I would explain it. To me, when I got to that point, if I was at that point, I'd go somewhere and say, I might need psychiatric help, or I'll take that dishwasher job, or any of those myriad things where I'd say, I can't get to the point where I'm just uh, shitting on the streets. Uh, speaking of uh, communicable diseases, uh, an <laughs> eight-year-old California girl has contracted a potentially fatal disease from cuddling her pet rats leaving her in a hospital for a week after being covered in a rash. So what do you uh, mean pet rats, she, white rats in her house or rat rats. Rat rats, but they are her pets. So they're domesticated rats, but uh cuddling you with them. You got to call childhood services and parents are nuts. What the Christ? That was what I thought was who has pet got, who has pet rats? Huh? That strip didn't make it past the table read for Willard. Do you can't have kids. <laughs> And how's about I send this message out, too? If your kid says they like the taste of wood chips uh, off the the, uh, the windowsill, don't let them eat those either. <laughs> but you know what? At some point, if they're going to license you to drive a car, you almost feel like you should have to go in and at least parallel park yourself just to <laughs> prove. Can you believe that? I don't know what to say. I'm astounded. I don't think some of these things are solvable. People always say, what's the fix on that? How do we get in? And I think, what do you mean, how do I get in? I don't know the girl. I don't. I, it's heartbreaking, but that's all it is to me in a way. I donate money to certain things. Half that money doesn't make it to it. All I can tell you is at some point, somebody's got to grab her parents by the shirt calling, what the fuck are you doing that's a rat and then spirit the kid out of the house and get it to the cops letting your kids play with a rat and then um somehow it gets to this thing where she has a rash a week after playing with rats that the parents are letting her play with and then all of a sudden it's trump's fault what about these <laughs> idiot parents so here let me do the let me be the uh the tour guide, uh, the infantilization of the culture tour guide. Hey, folks, if you're out there and your kid's playing with street rats, take them away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Dennis. Yeah, I mean, this is where we've gotten to. Oh, I didn't. Well, I, he, Miller said get rid of the rats, honey. Uh, we have another voicemail. This is voicemail 18, Andy from Minnesota. Hey, for guests, how about uh, Ozzy or. Uh... How about, uh, you know, uh, Diamond David Lee Roth? I mean, how about uh, Bill Murray? I guess he owns the St. Paul Saints or part of them here. But uh, keep up the good work. And uh, you and Christian, pretty funny together, what? man. What? Thank you, brother. Sometimes I can't Christian get any even, of those people. I'm just uh, being candid with you, man. Number 18 or whatever. <laughs> Andy. You you spoke over the part where he said that I'm almost as funny as you. Yeah, the I reason I played it. Hang on, hang on. Almost as funny as you. Thanks. So. <laughs> so I wish you'd get a little fucking funnier <laughs> and throw me a bone. Christ, uh, I'd stay home. Let you have a show. Uh, and out of the goodness of your heart, since we worked together for 15 yeah. years, kick me a little, Gitas. Get funnier, motherfucker. I, I, I wish I I'd could. Lo- I'd love you to whoosh I, by me. I'm not one of those guys. Um, I've definitely maxed out. I'm just talking to my man in Minnesota. I can't get any of those people i got a podcast here with what do you think Forty thousand listeners on any given yes. week mm-hmm. easily right. and growing all right thank you mm-hmm. maybe you get up to 100 you can start calling people right that's yeah. the goal yeah i, I don't know that Ozzy's i'm just being actual yeah i'm not bemoaning my fate sure. i'm just saying i look at some of these podcasts and i did notice when i was reading we had adam carolla on recently he's been on it since 2009 mm-hmm. yeah 
I've been at Westwood One for, what do you think, like five or six months? Yeah. And it didn't seem to be any carryover from when I left Podcast One because we took too much time in the middle and it got a little screwed up. I'm not yeah. lecturing anybody. No, I'm it's just, just saying it took a little the while. The carryover was not a huge amount. So we're rebuilding. And I think if you get in podcast land, I'll just give you the the metrics. I, I think if you get up to 100 a week, you're a success, right? Or, a lot of shows get less than 100. There's just so many out there. Are they considered successes under 100, though? They're considered successes in the fact that there are so many that they can get that many at something. But they're obviously probably not selling commercials. And, like and yeah, but also, are. when people... Um, I did hear good news. I don't want to always be the harbinger of doom or overly pawing the ground in humility over here. I think when people come here, a lot of them are staying for longer time, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Because yeah, it's a weird little subworld where we don't take it all that seriously. But I can get those guests down the road. Uh, I think Mark Marin probably has a million downloads a week or something. I, I, I hear these figures. Maybe that's impossible. But Joe Rogan gets a million. Yeah. Of course, they're going to call somebody and say, I can get a million years on you. But then again, I think they've been doing it a lot longer. So who knows if this will take off? I've been a, always been a quirky boutique buy, but I'm never going to bullshit you about the, the clout or any of that stuff. But it is a little different here. And maybe we can play on that and start to build it. But it's going to be step by step. I've never been one of those guys where it just happens happens overnight uh we were uh talking about cnn earlier so uh don from san jose brings up uh, an old familiar name uh voicemail number three Lindsay. i'm loving your podcast i was a fan i'm sitting here wearing my listening fez at the moment Ah, i just wanted to ask you a question what what in the world ever happened to jake tapper i used to love listening to you interview him and the banter back and forth it just seems like he's gone totally off the deep end these days the other thing, I always loved the CSI Miami and the David Caruso uh, bits you guys oh, would play. Fun, Can you bring man. those back by any chance? I don't know. Anyway, do I'm loving stuff. the podcast. Uh, you've got a big following out here. In San Jose, you got a Beautiful. big following out there. Um, uh, I don't know. Are we able to play things I, like that? I think or the in podcast it, land, it's it? tough because the you know that bit is funny only if you go right into the Who song, and that's the part where oh, you, you can't do yeah the you who can't song. use the Who song. Let me ask you this about Jake Tapper, and I still see him throw a flare up every once in a while yeah. that he's in there, but I'm asking honestly, Jake Tapper for many many years was sort of an outlier who probably made a decent living. Uh, you know, I'd be guessing in the. I, I I think Jake was making. Let's say I don't want to be too like. Oh, you missed the point. You don't even know what a price loaf of bread is. But in entertainment, you can't make a good salary. And I would say for many years, Jake was probably an honest purveyor, uh, making closer to a hundred thousand dollars a year than a million dollars a year. That's about put it right. There. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm I'm not privy to his figures. I'm just guessing. But it was probably in that world. All of a sudden, Jake gets on at CNN and starts moving up the food chain. And I do find him intellectually more stimulating than trying to think who else do they have. I don't know Anderson's game at all. Um, they got Don Lemon and uh, no, Chris Cuomo. And and Don Lemon's checking a box, yeah. right? Uh, I think when you set yourself up like CNN, you have to hire a black guy. You have to hire a woman. You have to hire an agent. You know what I mean? It's it's like a gap ad now. you got to check those boxes. I don't find Lemon to be a huge intellect at all. Uh, I can see he's telegenic, and uh, he has sort of a funny way about him. When I, I, I like it when he sort of laughs at something, even when I don't agree with him. But you don't see that sort of candor on TV. You can tell when he thinks somebody's an asshole, and he laughs at him. Other than that, I don't think uh, I don't find him intellectually uh, stimulating. I do find uh, Tapper to have an intellect. 
But all of a sudden, Jake's on talk shows like Brian Williams. Who knows? what I don't remember. I didn't follow Brian Williams at the beginning. I've met him since. He seems like a decent chap. But all of a sudden, when you want to get on talk shows as a newsman, it seems the antithesis of it to me. The Jake Tapper that I met at the beginning, I, I couldn't believe that he would want to go on late night talk shows. But I think he's on Colbert now or Seth Meyers or stuff. Yeah. I, don't I, I see him. I've seen him. I, I don't know that this is the only time he does it. I know when he has a, a book out, you know, and he'll he'll write about, you know, specific incidents in Afghanistan, things like that. He will definitely do it then. That doesn't mean that he doesn't do it. That's when I've seen him go out. But But all I can say is this. The Jake Tapper that used to come on my radio show. And not always be conservative, but that Jake Tapper, sometimes conservative, sometimes if he was that on his show, which I guess now I'd have to guess he's in the four to five million a year thing. He's the center of it. He gets invited to every cool part. If he did for two weeks the way he was on my show, he wouldn't have that gig. They'd start. They'd call him in and say, Jake, what? At some point, doesn't I? You know, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, bloodless about this you got to keep the gig uh, yeah. and i've lost some gigs where i wouldn't budge i can't tell you i walked out feeling any smarter like uh howard rourke and fountainhead at times you walk out and you think you asshole why can't you give a little but i can't i think he's giving a little and i can't even say i blame him i can't say that all this stuff is the jake that i knew but then again you never know when somebody gets to a spot and they're thinking god i've got the job i always wanted what is uh Jimmy say in uh, New York, New York, Norton Scorsese's musical, pretty bad, but lies in Bob De Niro and he says something, when you got the, when you got the job you want and you got the woman you want and you have enough money that you do not need either of them, you have yourself a major chord. <laughs> it's a pretty brutal line. It doesn't translate over to tap that, but I think he's got a major chord right now. And all he'd have to do is start saying, hey, I think Trump's doing a great job on certain things, and I think that they're after him. I think it's a waste of time. I think that we did tell people for years that Mueller was a source on this. I think Mueller kind of played it that soft down the middle so he could dine out in D.C. for the rest of his life at the end. And I'm going to move on now. That's all he'd have to say. And I'd go, oh, there's the tap that I knew. But he's not going to move on. they got to go out every night and still pretend that, you know, that uh, he left them enough uh, space, vacant space to inhabit. And they're going to still continue to say, uh, well, there was no collusion, but there was obstruction. And I still, honest to God, this is the this is the bottom line. I'm telling you, I almost wish Trump would say impeach me just so I can see the actual charge. I'd like to call their bluff. Everybody acts like it's a fait accompli that they're going to impeach this guy. And I think, what is the charge? I need to hear the charge. And at some point, if Trump did that, I'm telling you, if you say, hey, let's get this on. What is the charge? I'd love to see him put it in paper. Um, anyway, uh, well, we so are, Tap Tap, I think Tap yeah. Tap's got to make his, it's his rice bowl now. He's got a nice life. He's a pretty nice man, the limited extent I know about him. All I know is if he came completely clean and said things that, uh, if he called bullshit on certain aspects of the left that deserved to have bullshit called on him, he'd be gone. They'd call him in within two weeks. They'd be long, begin the slow atrophy. He wouldn't have that gig. I really believe that. Can you see anybody on CNN actually coming on and giving a different voice at this time in history? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't get the gig. No. I, you know, I went in and met with Zucker a few years ago for something, and he looked at me like I was nuts. I could tell he thought I was nuts. 
just because, uh, you know, I said, you know, Jeff, there's other, other voices out there. And yeah. I like Jeff. He's always been nice to me. He gave me that job where I met the, you. The CNBC job was but through I don't Jeff get it Zucker, anymore. Yeah. Something happened to him. They, listen, Trump got so far into their kitchen, he crashed a lot of them, and uh, they're permanently crashed. I can't believe he's crashed Bill Crystal like he did. You know, I always yeah. enjoyed talking to Bill. Sure, but Christ, he's turned Bill into just a, literally like one of the shrills who are. Hiring uh, Andy Griffith and facing the crowd, the Lonesome Roads, <laughs> to do their PR. I, I, I don't know what happened there. All I can say is there are things that we, we make it out that politics are the end all and be all. There are other things that matter out there. And part of it is your rice bowl, making your living. And part of it is existing in a break room with other teachers who think Trump is Satan. And a lot of people have to make a lot of concessions. And I'm, that's why I'm glad we have the secret ballot. I think this guy gets back in in 2020, and I'm not even sure that guys like Tapper don't vote for him. But if you're going to show up at CNN on any, any given day and go, hey, I thought Trump did great on this. <laughs> Christ, you don't have a show. <laughs> He's back doing a podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll be done after one more minute. I wanted to send you out the door with uh, Ronnie from Arizona, who loves you. I just wanted to thank you from the, the absolute bottom of my heart with all sincerity. Uh, you're just a hero of mine. And uh, I remember watching you on Star Search when I was a little guy and I was rooting for you over Sinbad uh, several years after that then, uh, I lost my dad real suddenly and it was a year that one of your stand-up specials came out I recorded that on VHS and watched it over and over and over again and it got me through a really tough time and so yours is a voice uh, that's just continued to make me laugh and make me think so I just can't thank you enough for that if you're ever in the Arizona area, maybe me and my kids can uh, take you out for lunch or a coffee, and I can introduce my kiddos to one of my heroes. I would love that opportunity. You could even bring Koi Koi. <laughs> well, how sweet. And uh, hey, folks, there's why you do it, in addition to the fucking gobs of money. <laughs> Well, that offsets how much I can't stand you. Uh, well, that was sweet of you, brother. That made me feel nice. It's a long, strange trip, show business. There are times you feel like the most insipid idiot in the world participating in it. And then I have talked to people who've been sick in bed listening to their shit and say, I was in chemo and you may be like, and you think, Christ, can you believe you make yeah. a dent like that? So all I can tell you is I am floored by stuff like that. There are other times I feel like a phony. Uh, there are other times I feel valid. Uh, there are other times I feel like uh, a good cat, a bad cat. But I, all, I do feel like I call myself on my own bullshit more than many people in this world do. And at the end of the day, that gets me through some days. I'm as full of shit as most people are. But periodically, <laughs> I go, boy, you're being full of shit there. That's all it takes. That's liberating for me. And I think the world would operate a little better if we all realized that we weren't speaking in encyclical. The fucking lights are out. And we're stubbing our toes on bedposts trying to get through it. I'll be a little uh, kinder until somebody doesn't rate kindness. Then tear them a new asshole. That's something to look by there. All right. I got a rock. I'm talked out. You can tell when I turn into a fucking poster at Spencer's <laughs> Gifts. I'm not in this world to do your thing. You're Just not in there. this world to do my thing. But hey, if we meet on a beach someday. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network.